So I've got today's scripture reading. As Jesus came out of the temple and was going away, his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. Then he asked them, you see all these, do you not? Truly I tell you, not one stone will be left here upon another, all will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, Beware that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is, the, is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Then they will hand you over to be tortured, and you will, be put, and will put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, and they will betray one another, and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a history to all the nations, and then the end will come. Yay! <laughs> I love to preach today. Hi, everyone! It's good to see you all. It's wonderful to see so many people here. I don't know about you, but some days there's the weeks just get heavy and you come here and you just breathe. And it's just, you know, you're in the middle of the week and things are hard and you just, sometimes you ask yourself, when can I be at Neighbors again? You know, this is just a wonderful place. It's where people joke, we laugh and we get along and we talk about the end of the world. <laughs> wow. So... You know, uh, this is, we have been talking all the way through Matthew, and one of the things that I uh, work very hard on is, is even to get through the stuff that is a little bit difficult. These are some things, these are probably one of the top 10 passages that most pastors would really love to just kind of skip over, uh, or the ones that, that like to, you know, put the fear and everything into you and collect that money, you know, like, you know, uh, but we're just passing through. Uh, the, the disciples have asked Jesus the important question, basically, of uh, when, is your, when is the kingdom coming? When is this thing that you're talking about actually going to, to happen? Uh, the word that they use, actually, is uh, prusia. It, prusia is a Greek term, and back then, it was, uh, Greek was a very common language, and back then, it meant something um, miraculous that a god would do, a performance. Since then, it's pretty much taken on uh, one uh, prime meaning, and that is the second coming. Uh, we all hear about, you know, the second coming and things like that, and that's what they've been talking about. Uh, so, what I'd actually like to talk about is when I was in my, uh, I have a son. I have a son that is uh, going to be, this month, 28. I know, it's surprising because I look 30. How could that be? <laughs> but... Um, when my son was born, I was a big uh, bicyclist. I used to just, every free time I had, I would take um, uh, some of these limestone trails that we have the, and go out of town 
uh, sometimes uh, 40 miles, you know, there and back and just enjoy the day. And so when my son was born, I couldn't wait to teach him how to ride a bike. You know, it was one of those moments that, you know, like that, the, the Norman Rockwell painting of a parent teaching their child how to ride a bike and everything. And we, uh, when he got of age, he was about, oh, five, maybe something like that. We bought a, I bought him a bike and it had the training wheels on. And, you know, you get used to doing it with the training wheels and things like that. And, and then it got to a point where we took the training wheels off and I took him to this uh, parking lot. We lived on the south side of, of Lincoln, and there was this empty parking lot. And when you're teaching your son to or child to ride a bike, at first you're you're running with them and you're hanging on, you know, and you let that child know that you're there, and you earn a trust. You gain a trust. They're always looking to see that you're there. And then eventually you you try to get it to where you can kind of feel that they're they're going to be okay and you sneak that hand away. And before long, the child is either wrecking or riding, you know. There was a couple misjudgments, you know. But uh, he learned to, to ride by himself, and there was, there was no prouder moment uh, than uh, the feeling of letting go sometimes, uh, of letting go and knowing that you don't have control over this situation, but you trust your son. It's a wonderful feeling. And so soon after that, he was still about five, six years old, I, I, I wanted to plan bike rides. I was so excited to just make this part of his life. And there's bike trails in Lincoln everywhere. There are a wonderful trail system. You can get on a trail and you can go all over the place. And like I said, we lived on the south side of Lincoln. And what I wanted to plan was this wonderful trip to the uh, Lincoln Children's Zoo area, which is a little bit north of, uh, it's, it's a good ways for a five-year-old to ride a bike. So we made a day out of it. We said we were going to pack a lunch. I had a little bike bag, got him a little helmet. You know, I always wore the helmet. Um, I looked pretty cool in a helmet. I did. I looked really, I mean, that's... Got him in this red bike, you know, and we packed the lunch. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, the greatest sandwich in the world little Gatorade, put it in the bike bag, and we started to ride down this trail. And it was a good, it was the longest distance he's ever ridden before. But he was just doing it. He kept looking at me, you know. He had this red, he just looking cute as ever, you know. And now he's huge and has a beard, you know. They never get that side again. Just, you know, this little guy that just looks up and admires. We joked around on the way. Just kind of took our time. And there he was. I was so proud of him. You know, I could just see it. There he was. He was just riding by himself. I was on this bike. He was on that bike. And he had the freedom to do what he wanted. We got to the, the, the uh, zoo. We didn't actually go to the zoo. We went to the park next to it. We ate our sandwiches. We joked. We laughed. At that time, he still thought I was funny. <laughs> Remember when you thought I was funny? Um, and then it came time to come back. And there's a part of the trail system that at the uh, intersection of 27th and uh, I think it's Vine or something, um, you can go over or you can go under. They, they've, they've kind of, uh, with the drainage and all that stuff, they've built this thing where it's kind of a steep and then it goes steep up. And I told him, this is, this is really cool. 
this is what I've always done. You know, if you, if you just let yourself go down this hill, you can develop a cadence and a momentum that will coast you all the way up to the other side, you know. Wonderful. I said, I, I want you to go first, and then I'll be right behind you. And as he's riding, I can see him, and the speed starts to kick off a little bit. And the nervousness you can see in his handlebars start to do this. And once you start to do this, it starts to do it more. And before I knew it, I saw him turn his bike this way, and his bike just went like that. My cute son, cute helmet, just went sailing. <laughs> For a minute, he was flying, and then he remembered he couldn't fly, and just in the, on the cement, drug his elbows, and he was wearing shorts, and his knees, and just slid. I caught up to him quite quickly, and his knees and his elbows, they were just covered. I mean, they were bleeding badly. He was miserable. He was crying. He was shaken up. We got his bike. I walked him up the other side of the thing. And this is the 90s. No cell phones. There were no uh, ways of calling somebody. I knew that he was not, there was nothing broken. He was just in a lot of pain. So I took um, a shirt that we had in the bike bag and I uh, you know, tried to uh, wipe him off a little bit. But then I had to tell him, we have to, there's only one way back. And it was so hard, because he just said, I don't want to want to do this. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. And I, at one time, I even tried to maybe grab his bike and my bike and kind of hold him. I, I couldn't do that. So I had to tell him, you've got to do this. You, you've got to take your bike, and you've got to walk home. But I'll be right beside you. And he was miserable, and it took us, oh, hours, because he was walking just like this. And every once in a while, he'd look up at me and say, are we almost there? And I'd say, not even close. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say, we're getting there. And you know, when you're that young, you and you're that hurt, you look up just to make sure that the person that you trust is with you, is beside you. And so he would just check, and I would reassure him during this, this long walk that I was beside him and that I was going to be with him. And that when we got home, we had uh, you know a medical kit, we had... Uh, bandages, we had the cleaning stuff, you know, we were going to get them cleaned up. When we got home, the healing would begin. And sure enough, we did get home. 
I cleaned them up, wrapped them up, put bandages on them, you know. I think we had ice cream. Ice cream heals everything. And smiles were appearing again, and he was healing. I often think about that when I think about passages like this. The disciples, this whole Jesus thing was so new to them. It was so scary to them because they continually were told that they were going to lose the person that they were following. And they're in Jerusalem and they know that the things that he's saying is upsetting the wrong kind of people. And the main reason they're asking is because they're scared. They know that this guy that they're following is going to be the guy that, you know, is the kingdom, the kingdom of all of this, the, the healing of this weird and ugly world that we live in. And so it's almost as if they were asking for reassurance. Are we there yet? And that's when Jesus said, you know, you see the temple here. Well, the first thing that's going to happen is that thing's going to fall. This place that you have built for God, this place where you uh, see as the royalty, that will fall. And he was right. 70 AD, boom, it's gone. That was the start of it. And they said after that, you know, a lot of things are going to happen. Nations are going to turn against nations. You're going to see uh, people turn against each other. Hearts will grow cold, and people will turn against you. And then he says, that's just the beginning. So if he's saying this in, in the time that they are there 2,000 years ago, what he's telling them is that if this does start with the temple, then those birth pangs, They've been going on for quite some time. But what he tells them is that it has to happen. And he tells them, but don't worry. Soon we'll be home. And as we walk this, I'll be by your side. Now, this is the time when you would love to analyze this kind of stuff, and you would love to say, this is the date, and this is why bad things happen, and all of this kind of stuff, and rest easy, because if you follow this plan or you say this prayer, you're going to be okay. I don't have the date. We're never given that. I know these are rough times, though. I know that nations are against nations. I know that people seem to have turned their hearts colder. I know that people have sacrificed other people for their own personal gain. I know that we are finding new ways to hate each other, new ways to be offended by somebody. But I also know that that's been going on for over 2,000 years. And the thing that Jesus tells us 
I'll be walking beside you. And what his disciples will soon see is this person that believes so much in this kingdom give his life for it and give his life for the people that are around him. I wish I could give you a magical answer that it's of why the bad things happen. And a lot of pastors will say, this is why the bad things happen. And usually it has something to do with because we've let somebody in to our church and they've, they've ruined our faith. I, we let Merrick in, nothing happened, you know, but still waiting for that to happen. But The best that we can do, the best that we can do in this painful, troublesome world is to keep walking. It hurts. Sometimes we just want to stop. But Christ tells us, just keep walking. We're almost home. And I am right beside you. As you walk this journey, do you feel that? And if you do feel that, who else do you welcome on that path with you? We're, we call ourselves Christians. That means we are supposed to be Christ-like. That's the rules. Want to be part of this club? You call yourself a Christian, that means someone that wants to be like Christ. But who do you walk beside? Do you try to make that path exclusive? You try to be the first in line in that path? You try to tell people, just stop? Do you listen to what Jesus warned us about, about the false teachers and stuff, saying, you know what, the path's not worth it. Get off of it. There's too many weirdos on this path. Or do we be like Christ and just say, I'm walking with you. I'm walking with you. We're walking together. And if there's times when it gets rough, lean on me. We'll lean on each other. And we'll get there. Because Christ walks with us. May we share that path always with everyone. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving Lord, we know that sometimes we just don't want to take this path. We worry about the, the end. We worry about the badness. We worry about all of this kind of stuff. You told us basically 2,000 years ago that this is just, it's part of the world. Help remind us of what the good news is that you bring us and what that's going to look like and who we can be on that path. Our world may be ugly at times, but with you, we can bring some joy and help us share that. In Jesus' name we pray.